Hello everyone, welcome to More Amongst Women. I am your host, Christy Yang, and I'm a 22-year-old student attending California State University of Fresno, majoring in criminology with the minor in Hmong. As part of my women's studies course, my podcast will be containing a few episodes of an informational, but more of an open space that I created to express my opinions and ideas about women of color, specifically Hmong women and their experiences as women. I'm hoping this podcast can help the audience relate to issues dealing with stereotypes and empower them to accept their identities while, you know, still critically analyzing their roles in society without any prejudice against men or themselves. I'm excited to host my very first podcast, so stay tuned for the first episode of More Amongst Women. In today's first episode, I will explain a little bit about who the Hmong people are and their immigration to the United States. I wanted to touch on this because I realized that California is a really diverse state with a lot of cultures, so I had just assumed that everyone else in the states knew who the Hmong people were, but unfortunately that wasn't the case when I did go to the East Coast and I visited a place with a majority of the population being white. Uh, I want to go into depth about Hmong's very patriarchal culture and how that affects men's views and ideologies about women in today's society. There are a lot of intergenerational trauma that I believe has been passed down because it has affected me in a sense. We can talk about that once we get into our topic today. Also, the gender roles and expectations that are placed on Hmong women have drastically changed. So once I bring in my guests to talk about their experiences in the second episode, we can go more into depth with that. In this episode, though, I do want to talk about relationships, marriage, and motherhood, and the stereotypes placed on that, which plays a big factor in um, a woman's education as a Hmong lady. So the Hmong are an ethnic group in the mountainous regions of China, Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand. They're also one of the subgroups of the Miao ethnicity in southern China. Um, They began a gradual southward migration in the 18th century due to political unrest and to find more arable land. During that last century, the Hmong have been caught up in the political instability which affected Southeast Asian nations. Many Hmong people in Laos fought against the communist nationalist Pathet Lao during the secret war. When the Pathet Lao took over the government in 1975, Hmong people were singled out in retribution and a large number fled to Thailand. Many were resettled in Western countries, including here in the United States, Australia, France, and Canada, and others returned to Laos under the United Nations. My parents were born in Laos, where the patriarchal system was still very alive. Women were viewed as second class. You know, the role was to simply take care of the men and bear the children. And the daughters were not desirable because once they were married, they belonged to their husbands as property. So there was a general lack of respect for women and their opinions. Among women should be submissive, you know, listen to her husband and know her place. 
that is always the case. She's not encouraged to have an education or a job, although it is changing in America. And because of this change, it has caused a lot of conflicts in marriages where the husband still holds on to those traditional norms that, you know, he's the breadwinner, he's still in charge, and they're still taking their time to assimilate to the Western culture. And in order to control his wife from being educated or independent, you know, a Hmong man may resort to domestic violence, which is still really prevalent in today's society. The Hmong put great emphasis on their families, clans, and the good of the group as a whole. So every major decision made by an individual should be based on how it will benefit the family and not how it should benefit the individual, which is why it's even more difficult for women. And the reputation of saving face is, you know, the prize value of all. You shouldn't do anything that will taint your name or the name of your family. So until you're married and make a name for yourself, you hold your father's reputation. If he's a bad person, you know, people will attach this image to you. And if he's a good person, you know, you'll be viewed as a good person. And other people will have even higher expectations of you to uphold your, your father's name. Yeah, this is where the intergenerational trauma has been passed down. Because I personally feel like I've internalized a lot of this. Um, trauma and you know I believed at some point in time I was just supposed to play the role that they they gave me I was supposed to you know clean the house wash the dishes uh, welcome people or guests when they came and it was only always the women that did it or the daughters that were supposed to do it so I never really questioned it I kind of just did it because my parents were saying that you're never going to be a good daughter or a good person or you know find a good husband if you don't play this certain basically like housewife role and it's crazy because sometimes I still have to remind myself that I'm a first generation Hmong American here and so I never really grew up with any I guess advice or someone that I could look up to like a role model that um, educated me on maybe giving myself a voice or making change. It was just kind of um, growing up and learning what my parents taught me, especially having to listen to my dad. He was he was the man in the house, so whatever my dad told my mom, then that was what was followed. Now that I think about it, they my parents assimilated not very well with the western culture and the u.s mainstream culture um they also didn't speak any english at all so growing up i always had to help with translating for them and so there was always this this gap between their their understanding and my understanding of each other's cultures because i feel like Growing up here, I identified more as just um, American. Not so much that I was trying to deny my my identity or my roots, but I once I started questioning my role in the Hmong family and the opportunities that were given to me here, 
I did kind of start questioning and start having basically debates with my parents about how I could live or how I should live compared to what they expected my life should be. Yeah, back then there was a lot of misunderstanding and intergenerational gaps when the Hmong first arrived here because of such difference in the cultural practices that the Hmong people, or especially the elders, they kind of just looked down upon everyone else. So this leads to one of the topics that uh, we're talking about today. It's relationships and marriage. It's the cultural practices here are so different that it was kind of hard for my parents to accept that I was dating without their permission. And I guess I kind of try to seek my own independence without their input or their opinions about who I should date, especially if it wasn't a Hmong person. And unfortunately for them, I dated somebody who was not Hmong. So that was a really big shock to them. And it kind of angered them because they were still, they still had that mindset of, you know, you need to marry somebody that carries your blood, you know, your, your cultural blood. You have to date somebody who's Hmong. If you date somebody who's not Hmong, then obviously you're not you're not going to have like a pure family line. And that kind of bothered me because I knew that that really didn't matter. And me, I'm kind of stubborn where I voice my opinions and I have to like get it out because it it's just not right. And I knew that my parents just were not, did not have a place to say that I could only do certain things with my life. I kind of had to explain to them, you know, like we are our own entity. We have our own minds. We have our own ideas. And it doesn't matter who we date or who we marry in the future. It matters about how we are treated. Many Americans, when I, when I did have friends who were white and I told them about my parents disapproval of me dating somebody that was not Hmong they kind of just said you know what who cares who cares what they think it's your life you need to be happy I felt like in a sense they still didn't really understand where my parents came from and um what cultural traditions that they really believed in like I really respected my parents um like opinions But then again, I just feel like maybe white people couldn't really understand that there's still a level of respect that I have for my parents that, you know, just because I don't want to date somebody who's not Hmong doesn't mean that I still don't respect their traditions. I feel like though, as much as I want to open this conversation up and talk about all women of color, I'm still having a hard time right now. I'm still struggling with my battles 
of my intersectionalities of being among women, being a woman of color, coming from a background that really doesn't respect me as a female, having a voice, having, you know, political opinions. And so I think I'm still kind of struggling with trying to make my parents or my family understand that and then try to try to encourage not just my family but others around me to see that you know it's okay for women to have a voice to have a political opinion and to be right about something or to have a better idea than Amanda's this kind of shifts into the next topic I want to talk about marriage and how it's even harder for for Hmong women in a marriage to have a voice and to be her own independent self because a lot of Hmong families that I still see now are still super traditional and so they expect her to still play that housewife the housewife role where she needs to cook clean the house, cook for the whole family, and, um, you know, she still has very high expectations from the mother-in-law and the father-in-law. And if um, some of you don't know, it's usually the youngest son of a Hmong family. When he gets married, he, he has to live with his parents, or the, yeah, the parents live with the youngest son, for you know the remaining years of their lives so the women that have to live with their parents their in-laws it's way harder for them to be able to focus on her own life and her family life she still has very high expectations and Nobody usually listens to her when she has any opinions or she wants to change anything about the the aspect of her marriage or the family. Yeah, it's just crazy because if there were ever a situation where the husband ever gets a bad reputation, she gets dragged through the mud too. She can't really stand up for herself. She can't represent herself. She's representing her husband and her husband's side of the family also. And so she's just always held to a higher expectation than the husband would. It was more so back then that it was more prevalent that if the woman were to have started her a higher education and she got married while she was still in school she was encouraged not to go to school anymore so that she could be a housewife she had to clean the house do whatever her in-laws told her to do she had to cook for them whenever they wanted her to and that was what she was supposed to do. She couldn't go to school because that would have messed up the schedule that the parents set for her. And so 
either way she was talked down on and even if she was trying to go to school for a better future she was still talked bad about because she wasn't at home doing stuff for her husband or her in-laws and I feel like that just ruins your self-esteem and it makes you really question about what your purpose is as a wife and you know why you really got married in the first place because you got married to your husband not your husband's family and in the Hmong culture if you did get married you you really married the family growing up too I I witnessed a lot of that where if a woman had an idea or you know wanted to speak her mind she really couldn't especially in politics they were never involved in politics and if they said anything then the men just kind of laughed and brushed it off like oh you don't know what we're talking about like whatever you say is not important they'll listen to you but then they'll kind of act kind of arrogant and just pretend that they didn't hear you and they never really agree with a woman when she does speak so it's now that I think about it, it's hard. Like it sucks to be among women because it took a long time for men to actually kind of agree with what women had to say or just even allow them to say anything. On a more positive note though, education is highly encouraged now. It took a lo- quite a long time for for the Hmong community to see that it's important for women to pursue higher education because they can actually become successful by themselves. They don't need a man to be there and be the breadwinner and be the man of the household. A woman could be just as successful, can make just as much money and be happy without a man. And so it's very encouraged now and I find that you know that was that's a positive outcome of all of this and it's nice to be living in this part of history like historical moment of being a first generation Hmong American here and seeing our improvements and what we've done and what we've accomplished it's quite amazing actually There's a section in an article from my women's history course that I wanted to point out since it's related to what we're talking about right now. It's written by Mitsuya Yamada titled Asian Pacific American Women and Feminism. She says, most of the Asian Pacific American women I know agree that we need to make ourselves more visible by speaking out on the condition of our sex and race and on certain political issues which concern us. I feel that this is very true I don't think that we're holding back anymore because just because of the freedom and the possibilities of what we can with the difference that we can make with our voices and our ideas there was a lot to take in in today's episode but I feel like this is very helpful and hopefully it allowed my audience to kind of get a sense of whom the Hmong people are and understand 
maybe the struggles that we've gone through to kind of get ourselves out of a cycle that that women are still we're still being oppressed from and just a more positive note positive ending that we're getting out of it and women are actually having a voice and becoming very successful and becoming their own persons i hope you guys enjoy the first episode there was a lot to touch on and although it may not have been the most informational stuff i hope you guys you know grabbed at least one thing about it um I'm looking forward to my next episode. I'm inviting a longtime friend and guest that will be sharing her experiences as a Hmong woman. So I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you guys are looking forward to it too. Thank you for listening.